0: Hi, and welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast series, Sunny Side Up. I'm Paroma. I'll be your host for the day. Hi, Atul. Welcome to the Demand Matrix podcast, Sunny Side Up. We're super excited to have you here today. And for the audience, a little note. Today, we have Atul Jalan, the founder and CEO of Manthan, a leading CDP vendor, which offers artificial intelligence and analytics as a service to its customers. Atul has also recently authored a book titled Where Will Man Take Us and is here today to talk about it as well as its entrepreneurial journey and the impact that technology will have on mankind as a whole. So Atul, over to you. You're the star of the show today. So it would be great if you can tell us about yourself and, of course, a little bit about your past companies, your past ventures a little bit about your hobbies and how the idea behind Manthan first came about.
1: Thanks, Paroma. Excited to be part of the show. I've heard so much about it and finally we get to do this. A bit about myself, I'm what would you call a lifelong entrepreneur. Manthan is my fourth gig. I've always been a technology entrepreneur. I've been asked many times what makes me an entrepreneur. I don't think I have one good answer for it. But I think looking back to the pattern of uh, my life and entrepreneurship, I would think my fierce sense of independence and the joy I feel in creating, you know, bringing an idea which starts from the proverbial back of the envelope and uh, take that idea and scale that up. I just like the joy of creation. And I started a month and I was living in London. Month and God, I started and I just sold my last company. I've raised money some 31 times and that doesn't, and I started Manthan, as a saying in 2004, 2002, 2003 is when I sold my last company and was kind of taking a break when I was putting up a blog around how data, data analytics would be the last frontier in business computing. Mm -hmm. And while it was a more academic exercise, their blog, that whole thought process grew on me. And that's what resulted in manthan. The whole manthan name also is a neat metaphor to what Mm -hmm. we were trying to achieve, which is churn vast amount of data to come out with intelligence. But honestly, how things have panned out with smartphone, cloud computing, social media, and everything, I didn't realize data would become around which, you know, data would become the trigger to the next biggest inflection point after industrial revolution that iot sensors cameras cloud computing all put together would bring about ai from its winter i didn't realize that all this put together would turn us into information organism as much as we are a bio organism if you will so i think we got the timing right i think it's right time right place everything is getting digitized. so very successful inning with Manthan. As you may know, we at Manthan, we serve consumer-focused businesses, that is B2C businesses, mm-hmm. like restaurant, uh, CPG companies, retailers globally, omni-channel, mm-hmm. brick and mortar, pure play online, all kinds globally. Our primary market is in North America. Then we are in few patches in New- Europe. Then we have a very good customer base out in Southeast Asia, Same is the case in Middle East.
0: So I think this has been a fantastic journey for Manthan. And I think it's just a couple more years before you probably have customers in every country in the world. So before we dive into your thoughts on the long term impact of new technologies on mankind and the B2B marketplace, especially, we'd love to hear about your book, the one that you've recently written, Where Will Man Take Us? What is it about? What can readers look forward to when when they're looking out for the book?
1: Yet, the submission of the book is that if you look down the history, you would find two distinct human capabilities, two very unique human capabilities that have brought us the ape down from the trees and through trial and tribulations made a man of the monkey, literally. And these Mm -hmm. two distinct capabilities are our ability to invent stories and then magically our ability to convert turn those stories through our technologies into reality. Possible Thumb, Firewheel, Steam Engine, Electricity, Google, all have been our inventions and Mm. all have gone on to reinvent our way of life. The book's submission is that we are standing on the cusp of another major rehaul, another major change, profounder, if you will, than any that we have witnessed in the past because this time, our technologies are merging with our biologies. The technologies of AI, of quantum computing, of nanotechnologies, and genetic engineering, not only are merging with our biology and changing the very course of human evolution. The book's premise is that it's turning us into, if you will, metaphorically, our own gods. And in the process is going to change all our societal constructs, all our ideas, all of money, of job, of freedom, democracy, relationships, of sex, of money of ethics, of our idea of morality, all are undergoing a throes of change. I think these changes are all around us, that's how I see it. Through this book, I've tried to connect those dots and maybe present the picture as I see it.
0: It sounds like a very interesting book, Atul. And a quick question about this before we move on to the next one. How long did it take you to write the book?
1: Uh, Four years, I think. uh, I have been writing for a long time. But Uh I didn't realize, Paroma, before this, that writing a book is a chore and a a project on its own. And because not my daily job, at least yet, it took four very intense years, almost uh, on an average, four to five hours of uh, daily focus to complete this book.
0: Sounds amazing. So while the audience will look forward to downloading or buying Where Will Man Take Us, uh, we move on to the next question about the long-term impact of new technologies and what you think, how they will affect mankind and especially the B2B market.
1: Look, I keep saying this, Faruma. If you look around, what has been the biggest change over the last 10, 15 years I think one of the biggest changes in the last 10, 15 years has been the empowered customer because of smartphone, because of consumerization of technology. If you think that Henry Ford's T-model marks the beginning of modern consumerism, where Ford says that you can have any color car as long as it is black, signifying that the power balance is clearly in favor of the manufacturer. Then to 70s, 80s, to carry forward the card analogy, there was a palette of color to choose from, which, was, which marked mass customization. I think today where we are going towards is this empowered customer demands more convenience, more collaboration, more customization, more personalization, more of everything. As I mentioned a bit earlier, we serve consumer-focused businesses globally. I've heard my customers calling this new empowered customer, consumer, by many names. I've heard mm-hmm. them calling the multi-channel flirt, the nemesis, sleeping with the enemy. I see this new empowered consumer-customer analogous to 10-headed Ravana, you know, it's not... Yeah the new consumer is not a unidimensional entity is the n- newly empowered customer consumer c is a multidimensional entity much like ten headed ravana it's a you know combination of yin and yang you know much yeah. like the ten head of ravana denotes six sastras, four vedas gyan of six sastras and four vedas our current consumer also is very intelligent and knowledgeable you know mm-hmm. and Much like Ravna is neither a loser nor the lover, I think that's the case with modern consumer as well. And the way to co-opt with this nemesis, if you will, is to basically leverage the data trail that we leave behind doing everything that we do, whether our social media interactions, whether our any mobile interaction, all the data trail that we leave out there that can be very smartly leveraged to provide a very individualized, over-personalized experience to consumers.
0: And this is exactly what's driving this growing need for data-driven insights in both the B2C and the B2B marketing space. And, you know, of course, this is also driving the need for marketing and sales teams to now have a very unified view of their customer. How do you foresee the need and the demand for CDPs especially shaping up, at least in the B2B marketplace, customer data platforms are growing, marketing and sales teams are trying and demanding more innovative features that can tell them more about their customers behavior and their projected buying journey. So how do you foresee the entire CDP space? And yes, the- as I
1: said, you know, uh, the biggest changes in consumer businesses or any business is that new empowered consumer customer. And I mentioned that the best way to deal with this situation is to leverage the data trade. And I think CDP emerges out of that innate, of that innate need. And I would Mm -hmm. like to believe that Manthan would be one of the leaders in the CDP space. And CDP addresses three key areas for the new age marketeers, which has been so far in the best case scenarios, been siloed or fragmented applications within large businesses. These three areas that CDP caters to are A, a package system that marketeers can manage Without IT, here I would like to add the CMO is the new CIO. Right. Because most of the change which is happening is how you interact with your customer-consumer, right? Right. All the digital technologies and so on. So a package system that marketers can manage without IT preferably. Second, a persistent unified customer database for both online, offline, Omni channel scenario. See, the third one to my mind would be easy access to the downstream marketing system via API, File Extract, Baby Queries,
0: mm-hmm. and all.
1: For marketers, this provides a unique opportunity to my mind to address three key objectives of customer experience. And as I said earlier, we have to strive, all businesses. There is no other option
0: mm-hmm. to
1: provide a very individualized customer experience. So these three put together achieve their objective of unifying all customer touchpoint data. Second is to personalize and orchestrate all four five Ps of B two C business, whether it is promotion, it is a location assortment, it is pricing, and so on so forth. In simple words. CDP can give marketeers what CRM, what data warehouse, what data lake and data management platforms put together can deliver.
0: It would be great given that you are a CDP expert and Amanthan is a leading provider in the place. It would be great if you can share some of your observations when it comes to the challenges that teams face when they're initially adopting a new CDP as part of their technology stack. And of course, if you have some tips on some of the most innovative ways in which teams are using CDPs to enable their efforts, we'd love to hear them.
1: Great question, Parama. Some of the challenges, if I was to think about top three challenges, I, th- I would think one would be scale.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: CDP is a strategic initiative. I don't think one can take shortcuts. And therefore, while planning and implementing a CDP solution, one doesn't only have to take the immediate current business needs, but also have to factor in the moving forward future growth needs of the business. Second, I would think that it has to be true CDP as opposed to an excuse for a CDP or a euphemism of a CDP because CDP is a hot area, Companies are positioning themselves as CDP, and therefore, you know, in that whole hype of CDP, Mm -hmm. a lot of mediocrity survives and gets subsidized as well. A true CDP, to my mind, as I said earlier, will handle the three aspects of unifying customer data, of personalizing customer experience, and orchestrating all your customer interactions holistically. And for that, a very strong data management and analytics capabilities are required in addition to marketing automation. The third thing would be clarity between marketing automation and CDP as it were. Do organizations need to automate marketing communications or marketing automation, intelligent communication? Mm -hmm. I think these are the top three things to my mind which I would call out as a challenge to anybody implementing
0: CDP. I think, Atul, these were some great pointers and some great insights, especially for young teams who are always confused because there's a very vast range of technology choices out there today. So when it comes to choosing a particular platform, every team wants the best to enable better efforts and ROI. And I think these insights were really very relevant in today's times. Before we end for the day, are there any other key takeaways or words of advice you'd like to share as a parting thought? And, you know, we'd love to hear from you on anything, be it work-life balance, being a tech entrepreneur, a successful entrepreneur, what does it take, a couple of tips, or even tips on funding or writing a book. We'd love to hear from you.
1: I keep telling this to my friends that uh, growing up, I used to lament that, I was not born, in, let's say, as an apprentice to the greatest man ever, Leonardo da Vinci, <laughs> or born during French Revolution, you know, fighting alongside Jacobins or uh, Rousseau, that would be so romantic, or during our own struggle for freedom. But right. I don't lament that anymore, not because I've grown any older or I'm any less romantic, if you will. But I truly believe that in our 200,000 years of our civilizational history, if you may call it, we are living to the most romantic era. At no other point in history, our rational mind has been so optimistic. Yes, there are concerns with this melting polar caps, whether it is the perennial worry about AI going rogue, the hyper-nationalism, mm-hmm. bigotry, and so on. But there is so much to look forward to. We and the technologies that we have created has truly made this the most transformative era. And there's an opportunity everywhere. I think we'll instinctively agree that life has changed more in last 10, 15 years than previous 75 years. And I would argue that life would change more in next 10, 15 years than arguably previous 250 to 500 years. There's a lot of allusion in my book on these subjects too. So I think there's not a better time to be born. The kid who is born today will mm-hmm. not die the same species that he or she was born into. Therefore, what a time to be alive.
0: So I and guess uh, we're all very lucky people.
1: <laughs> we truly are in so many which ways we are. The defining, what my concern is, that the defining challenge or the defining theme of our next 5, 10, 15 years would be the disconnect between the forces of technology, the inevitable march of technology and our inertia to change. I see Brexit, I see hyper-nationalism, I see many other manifests out there as a symbol, as a manifest of that, that disconnect, you know, policy making, politics and education are two biggest change agents, but they're the biggest legards as well. They're always prepared to fight the last minutes. They don't make you ready to face the future challenge. And yeah, so I think I have claimed in my book also that we are on a path to become, if so far we imagine gods in our own form, then uh, our next 25, 50 years opportunity is to become that god that we imagine. You know, if we are overcoming disease, pain, old age, and eventually death, these are some of the things that you will associate with God, won't you? In Absolutely. Google, you already have an omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent entity. Right. So, managing those change would be the biggest thing. If we are going to live, forget immortality. Even if you are going to live hundred fifty years, there is no history to it. We don't know how to conduct ourselves, how to go about our lives. If you are going to live hundred fifty years. That implodes a lot of things. So, yeah, so, uh, interesting time every which way. And from an entrepreneurship perspective or career perspective, I don't think there has been more opportunities under the sun um, at any other point in history.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not technology, it's not siloed. Everything is technology, every business, software business. I serve retail globally. I just mentioned when who's the biggest retailer today? Amazon.com. When you think of Amazon, what comes to your mind first? A retailer or a technology company?
0: It is a retailer, but a technology
1: company. So I think technology is not outside of, This not. you can't say, this it's Amazon.
0: not exclusive anymore. It's everywhere.
1: Yeah, technology is merging into our biology. How right. more intrinsic it can get. Okay. It is changing our course of evolution. So far, our evolution has been nature led, therefore, it has been probabilistic and random. Because of genetic engineering and biotech, our whole evolution itself would be engineered by us. That changes everything, right? That means that evolution moving forward would be deterministic and designed, as opposed to random and probabilistic. So I don't think it's only in technology. I think everywhere. Look at the beginning of twentieth century with industrial revolution, where there was only one key technology at play, which is steam engine. If you think about it. And that changed so many things. That changed the world, humanity, civilization in ways that you can't even imagine a world before that. Absolutely. So I think we are now, now look at the forces and their confidence. It's a different kind of force field. If at the beginning of 20th century, people took anything mechanical, okay, and, or think about fan, pump, anything, and they added electricity to it, right? Now think about, take anything electromechanical today and you can add, a minus uh, AI to it. Everything is about to be reimagined out there.
0: So we're in for an amazing transition and change for mankind as a whole. And Atul, we appreciate the time you took out today to spend with us and have this conversation with us for our audience. Thank you so much for your time, Atul. And hopefully we'll have you back again. And next time we'll debate on the increasing use of CDPs in the B2B and B2C marketplace and what is up next for marketers in the technology domain. So thank you, Atul. Thank you for your time once again and have a nice day.
1: Thank you, Paroma. You too.